might be one of the best decisions you've made in a long time if you just decided to hang around and go through the 11 o'clock hour again. I get to do that, and I can't, uh, man, just put it on replay over and over again this morning. You sound awesome, worshiping the Lord together. He's worthy. Can I get a witness? <laughs> Have you witnessed the Lord's goodness? Amen. Amen. Well, I interrupt our normally scheduled programming today to make an exciting announcement and offer a bold challenge. I want to invite you to open your Bibles to Hebrews chapter 11. We're setting the songs of summer aside, and I'm asking you to open your Bibles to the New Testament, to the 11th chapter of the book of Hebrews. And I ask you to find your place there, mark it, hold on to it. We'll go back to it in just a moment. If you're a guest here today, thank you for being here. It's exciting to be able to welcome new people and to worship here at Watkinsville. And I'll be out in the commons area after the service, I'd love for you to stop by there and say hello and introduce yourself. Maybe you've got friends or family with you. It would be a great delight to me for you to bring them and let me meet those that you care about and that you're with today. A lot of, uh, a lot of times when we um, are talking this morning, you may be thinking as a guest. Uh, you don't know a lot of uh, the history of our church, but I'm praying that you will get a feel for what God has been doing here and what we believe he's going to be doing in the future. Now, to the exciting announcement I want to share with you today. On the very first Sunday of August, uh, we will be adding a third morning worship service to our schedule. So beginning with uh, that first Sunday of August, running throughout the fall, we'll have a third service, and we will have new service times. Now, you're, you're going to um, spend a lot of time over the next few weeks trying to figure out, is it it's eight what? It's nine what? It's, it's 11 what? Um, and we're going to help you. You're going to hear those times in your sleep. You're, you're going to see them in the sky. Not, I don't, we're not paying for anything. I'm just, I'm just talking. <laughs> um, but our new service times will be 8.30, 9.45, and 11.15. 8.30, 9.45, and 11.15. You could write those in the back of your Bible in pencil, all right? <laughs> 8.30, and 11.15. So by this time, on the first Sunday of August, uh, this will be uh, a second uh, go at it for us, Lord willing. And there'll be one more to go before the morning is over. All of those uh, services, 8.30, 9.45, and 11.15, will be here in the worship center. 
all of those services will be the same. The person who's speaking on that day, which most of the time will be me, will be speaking in all three services. Uh, the um, children's programming for those three services, all three services will have children's programming for six weeks old through third grade. The middle service, 945, will have children's programming for six weeks through fifth grade. So if you have a fourth grader and a fifth grader, their class time, their group time, will be in that middle hour. If they need to come at a different time, we're expecting, would welcome, maybe it happens already, that your fourth grader or fifth grader would be with you in a worship service if they come, if you're here at 8.30 or 11.15. So 8.30, 9.45, children's programming all three hours, except for in that middle hour, there will also be fourth and fifth grade class time, group time. Uh, several of you are already aware of this because you lead groups, adult groups that meet uh, uh, here outside of our worship service times and many of those are moving to a new hour They've, that's been communicated to you I won't go into that detail if you have questions I know you'll hear more about that if you haven't already in your group time and so uh, it's, it's coming and that's the announcement alright that, that's really what it comes down to um, change it's different for us it's new for us we're adding more services it changes our times and schedules already I don't know how much more you will hear beyond this point as you're already starting to process what does that mean for me what does that mean for our family what does that mean for work what does that mean for travel what does that mean for lunch for crying out loud and and whether we get there before they do or we get there after they do, uh, whoever they are. But um, there's always cost uh, with change and with things that are new. But we're believing by faith that the benefits of these changes and these new, this new schedule will far outweigh the cost. It will cost some people's schedules. It will cost some nap schedules. It will cost some feeding schedules for your children and your babies and your kids. And um, it will cost some relational changes. That you'll, you'll look around and you will be seated by somebody you've never met before. And you'll introduce yourself and welcome them to Watkinsville. And they would say to you, welcome to you. I've been here 27 years. <laughs> and... and and that's okay because you'll laugh just like you just laughed and everybody will be okay and you'll meet somebody new. There will be, be a new feel in the room. I, when I'm preaching at, right now in this service and when I go into the next hour, uh, the, the rooms are completely different. It's different personalities. It's different response. People have a different record of history and one room will laugh about something and the other room will cry over it. It's just, it's just uh, the, the rooms are, are different. It'll be a different feel. It's, uh, it'll cost some energy. Uh, Jessica just sang here just a moment ago. She 
gets to do that one more time on the first Sunday of August. She'll do that three times. And the same for all the people that are up here. And same for those who work sound and lights and technology. And, and, and a lot of different places will involve more energy and more demand. Uh, that, that will be a cost. It'll cost some comfort. It'll cost some familiarity. You just, I just realized that services start at 9.30 and now you're changing them. There's the good news. It's 15 minutes later. It's 9.45. So still come at 9.30 and you'll be early. And um, so 8.30, There's some benefits that we know already will be helpful. Space will have more seating. Um, there will be benefits with parking. Uh, when we talk about making space, it's not just about chairs in a room. It's also about parking places and traffic flow and entrance onto the property and exit off of the property. And it's about backing up downtown at the red light. It's about shortcuts and tricks that we learn on Sundays and to, to get around in the neighborhood, uh, but it will, it, will, it will help with some traffic flow and some parking. Uh, one of the benefits are, are more service opportunities, and you say, wait, that's a benefit? Absolutely. If you're sitting here today and you're not serving somewhere, you're missing out on one of the greatest adventures of your Christian life. God has gifted you with spiritual gifts to serve him and for the building and edifying of his body, the church. And, and this new, these new services will increase the opportunities in areas like ushering and greeting and parking attendance and working with children and teenagers and college students and in our service areas in this room for worship services. That's a great benefit for us. Today when you leave, there will be people waiting on you in the lobby to say, let me help you connect in these new areas of service. Um, one of the benefits is just stewardship. When we talk about adding a third service, financially it's not nearly as expensive as building a bigger room, right? Uh, what I'm talking about is not going to cost $12 million dollars. Now, this room didn't cost $12 million, but to build this room today would cost $12 million. And so by adding another service, it's a, it's a really uh, good use of our facilities. And then a benefit is souls will be saved, and we'll keep reaching people, and we'll help people make a connection to a local church. I don't know if you're reading the headlines, but what we're seeing across the nation are churches that are struggling, wondering where the people are. And we're in a unique opportunity right now where we're seeing people come. And we need to do everything we can to keep reaching people, to keep sharing the gospel, keep helping them experience the life of our church. Now, um, it's the middle of summer, and if you're savvy, you're looking around right now, and you're saying, we're talking about adding a third worship service, and I got seats all around me right now. Well, 
in view of um, what I'm asking, I'm thinking that it, it must be just a bit of what Noah felt like when he told the people he was going to build an ark and they had never seen rain before. And you might be saying, why do we need a third service when we got all these seeds? Can I rem- Does anybody know anybody that's at the beach right now? Let me see your hand. Does anybody know anybody that's not at UGA right now? When we get, when everybody gets back in August, and y'all get your suitcases back in the attic, and the 6,000 freshman students arrive, and you stop eating downtown because UGA's back, we need the space. About 30 Sundays of the year, it's, a, it's an unusual animal we deal with here. About 30 Sundays of the year, we, um, we have peak attendance times. And last fall, last winter, uh, many times in this service, we were uh, near, at, or over capacity. Right now, in the summer, we're averaging somewhere between 100 and 150 more people every Sunday in the summer than we did these same Sundays last summer. 100 to 150 people. And so what we're saying is, is that we believe there's going to be a flood of people. I believe that God can't explain it completely. I don't know exactly how it's all going to shake out. Now, a beautiful miracle would be is that if all three services uh, we moving ahead all had uh, 800 people every hour, and that we we just we're just not that organized around here, all right? And so we're saying, Lord, we're going to open up the rooms and and help us, and 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 so um, we'll make room, make space, provide parking. And, um, and see what God does come fall. Um, speaking of Noah, let's look at Hebrews chapter 11. And I want to give you now a bold challenge. Hebrews chapter 11, the question was asked just before I left the house this morning. Usually we talk about it, not this week, but right before I left, Carla said, what are you preaching about this morning? And I said, I'm preaching on walking by faith. And that's the bold challenge this morning, is for us to walk by faith. Now, Hebrews chapter 11, verse 1. Now, faith is the assurance of things hoped for, the conviction of things not seen. For by it the people of old received their commendation. By faith we understand that the universe was created by the word of God, 
so that what is seen was not made out of things that are visible. By faith, Abel offered to God a more acceptable sacrifice than Cain, through which he was not commended as through which he was commended as righteous. God commending him by accepting his gifts, and through his faith, though he died, he still speaks. By faith, Enoch was taken up so that he should not see death, and he was not found because God had taken him. Now before he was taken, he was commended as having pleased God. And without faith, it is impossible to please him. For whoever should draw near to God must believe that he exists and that he rewards those who seek him. By faith, Noah, being warned by God concerning events as yet unseen, in reverent fear, constructed an ark for the saving of his household. By this he condemned the world and became an heir of the righteousness that comes by faith. By faith, Abraham obeyed when he was called to go out to a place that he was to receive as an inheritance. And he went out not knowing where he was going. By faith, he went to live in the land of promise as in a foreign land, living in tents with Isaac and Jacob, heirs with him of the same promise. For he was looking forward to the city that has foundations whose designer and builder is God. By faith, Sarah herself received power to conceive even when she was past the age since she considered him faithful who had promised. Therefore, from one man and him as good as dead were born descendants as many as the stars of heaven and as many as the innumerable grains of sand by the seashore. These all died in faith, not having received the things promised, but having seen them and greeted them from afar and having acknowledged that they were strangers and exiles on the earth. For people who speak thus make it clear that they are seeking a homeland if they had been thinking of, what, of that land from which they had gone out, they would have had opportunity to return. But as it is, they desire a better country, that is a heavenly one. Therefore, God is not ashamed to be called their God, for he has prepared for them a city. And so the bold challenge this morning is for us to walk by faith into the next season of our life. Now, a lot of the application this morning is made for us corporately as a church. Let's take this step of faith. And steps of faith lead to walking by faith. But it also may be that in your individual story today, that this message has uh, a lot to do with right where you are in the decisions that you're making as an individual, as a family, as a company, uh, in a relationship. And God would have you here on July 16th to say to you, I want to boldly challenge you. I want you to take this bold challenge of walking by faith. As believers in Jesus Christ, notice how we identify ourselves. We identify, we identify ourselves as believers in Jesus Christ. What that means is, is that we are people of faith. We are people that relate to God by faith. We relate to God by trust. We relate to God by believing in him, relying on him, walking with him. We're a faith family. We're a faith people. And what distinguishes us so dramatically from the world is 
that we live by faith. In so many arenas, the world operates according to ledger sheets that balance at the end of the day. Does it make sense? Can it add up? Can you prove it? Can you test it and retest it and get the same thing over and over and over again, test after test after test? We're faith people. We're believers. It distinguishes us from the world. We believe in the unseen. We hear God's voice. We find his will. We follow his lead. And one day like Enoch, we will walk by faith into our home in heaven. That's what we're doing. Now, it's not without evidence, though. Unseen, but not without evidence. And God's word right here in Hebrews 11 says, Now faith is the assurance of things hoped for, the conviction of things not seen. There is assurance, there is hope, there is conviction. There is, you could say, evidence for our faith. Evidence for us believing. Let me, let me just give you this assurance and this hope. Where is my conviction coming from as we talk about living by faith, walking by faith? Number one, we walk by faith based on what God has done. Amen? What, what, what keeps us walking, what keeps us moving is knowing that God has been faithful in the past. There, there, are, there, are two, there are two types of songs that stir our room in worship. They are the songs when we sing about heaven. And we clap and we shout and we say amen because we're looking forward to a city. We're looking forward to heaven. We're looking forward to a finish line. We're looking forward to being home with Jesus. And the other songs that cause us stir in our hearts to lift our hands and lift our voices are songs that celebrate the faithfulness of God. Look what he's done. Look what he's going to do. And it strengthens our faith, encourages our faith. We walk by faith based on what God has done. When you read these verses from this um, to the hall of faith here in Hebrews chapter 11. He, he starts off and he says, By faith we understand that the universe was created by the word of God. You, you ask me today, uh, hey, how can you, how, how do you know that God created the world? How do you know that Genesis account is true about the creation? And I say to you, I know it's true because God said he did it. God's word declares that he did it. It's a conviction. It's an assurance. We believe by faith that the world, our universe, was created by God. We see what God has done in creating the universe. We see what God has done in rescuing his people. We see what God has done in leading his people. We see what God has done in providing for his people. We see what God has done in answering prayers. That's the story of Hebrews 11. Really, that's the story of Psalms as we work through it every summer. 
And you've seen it in the Psalms that over and over again, when the psalmist is praising the Lord, when he moves from praise and thanksgiving, so oftentimes Psalms becomes a history book, a history lesson, where the psalmist starts saying, you, you, you set us free from slavery. You set us free from the enemy. You gave us victory. You brought us into a new land. You parted the sea. You provided the manna from heaven. You see it over and over again. He created the universe. He rescued his people. He led his people, provided, answered prayers. And you come to the New Testament. And you see the same God rescuing his people, leading his people, providing for his people, answering prayers. And we're those New Testament people where we've seen God send his son when we were dead in our sin. And he lived a sinless life. And he died on the cross, bearing the iniquity of all of us. Bearing your sin and my sin. And he hung there on that cross and separated him from his father. And he said, my God, my God, why have you forsaken me? And Jesus took his last breath and he was buried in a tomb. And on the third day, he rose again. He's alive today. And we live in this place looking forward to his return. We're people of faith, and we see what God has done. We celebrate that, and it strengthens our faith, and it gives us hope for the future and assurance for the days that we live in. And I would encourage you to set memorials and markers in your life of how God has worked in the past. Take the model of the Old Testament. Take the model of the New Testament where it was written down and recorded. You have pictures of how stones were stacked at places so that when the children would ask the dad or the mom, hey, what are these stones for? They would be able to say, those stones are there because they remind us of how God came through right here. How awesome would it be for your children one day to find your prayer journal, find your notebook, find some papers on your shelf where you had written down, God answered this prayer, and God answered this prayer, and God provided this money and we had groceries that we didn't know we would have we paid a power bill that we didn't know our tires lasted 75,000 miles one time when we were just married I mean you just just story after story after story of God's faithfulness and in the life of our church we have those stories sat yes yesterday at 11 in the chapel at a funeral Mike Epps speaking there for his father-in-law's um, funeral and I was sitting there in the back of that service and looking down at the carpet in that um, chapel and right where I was seated was thinking about in a moment there um, the threads that were frayed on that carpet and the foot traffic that was on that carpet in front of me and I remembered how 20 plus years ago we laid that carpet in that room but I was thinking beyond the carpet because underneath that carpet one Sunday we set up metal chairs and gave out sharpie markers and we wrote all over that concrete floor promises of the Lord prayers of the Lord and then they came in that week and put that carpet down and I was thinking yesterday if we could peel that carpet up which we probably need to do one day we could peel that carpet up we would see 
of years ago. Our prayers and his promises and how God has been so faithful. Amen. We build our faith. We, 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 we walk by faith based on what God has done. Secondly, we walk by faith because of what God is doing now. We walk by faith because of what God is doing now. What is God doing now? In your life, what is God doing now? You know, the joy of being able to answer that. You can say, God's speaking to me in my quiet times now. God's answering prayers in my life now. God's answering prayers in my work now. God's answering prayers with my health now. God's answering prayers in discouragement now. God's hearing me when I call out to him with some overwhelming circumstances right now. You know what? You know how God is working now? Let me give you three ways. Number one, he's saving people. He's still saving people. And if you've got somebody you've been praying for for a lot of years, don't stop praying. God's still in the saving business. I'm seeing reports from all over the land and many relationships that I'm in with other pastors, hearing from their churches, where Sunday after Sunday after Sunday, seeing people saved and baptized. First Baptist Cleveland, not where I pastor, but where we lived several years ago. First Baptist Cleveland have baptized, they've baptized more than 300 people this summer. We've, if, if we keep trending in the way we're trending right now, we will baptize this year more people than we've ever baptized in one year in the history of the life of our church. Did you hear Taylor just a moment ago say, this week on this property, 25 kids prayed to receive Jesus Christ as Lord and Savior. That means 25 children just, they're, they're not going to hell. They're going to heaven. They're going to walk this life with their sins forgiven and their hope in Jesus Christ. That's our message. And God's still saving people. And God's sustaining people. The only way that some of you are here in this room, the story, the real story is, is that you are able to climb out of bed this morning, get to this seat this morning, and the only way you can explain it is God has sustained you for another day. And God's writing that story over and over again, sustaining us. And here's another thing that God does when we, right now, when we walk by faith, He's surprising us. He's saving people, He's sustaining people, and He's surprising people. I think of, um, wasn't it C.S. Lewis that wrote the book Surprised by Joy? Have you been surprised by the joy of the Lord lately? Is he surprising you by the ways that he's showing up? He is me. I look at the life of our church and I start talking about the life of our church. I'm just surprised over and over again. Amazed over and over. Not in doubt because I don't think, I'm just surprised that it's happening still and you know, I mentioned already to you that in our gatherings here, the, 
our, our, our numbers are way up over last year. That's just a lot of ways surprising. Somebody asked me yesterday, they said, how would you explain? You said there's more than 100 people here. We said, how would you explain that? And, and I kind of stuttered through it. I, and I said, I think our church is healthy. I think a lot of it is not able to be explained. Uh, we're, we're praying and, you know, it's, it's like when we talk about those things, it's like I can't, well, we got this strategy. And we got these goals. And we got this glossy brochure. We're just checking it off one by one, one by one. Or we say, we're just preaching the word and singing and loving people and praying and just hanging on. God's just surprising me over and over again. I think about our, our, our going and our missions. We, we're, we're seeing more people. We've sent out more people to go to the mission field than we ever have before. We're in more places than we've ever been before. I think about our giving. In the month of June, in the month of June, 2023, last month, 30 days, is that right, in June? Our church family gave more in the month of June than ever in the history of our church in any month in the history of our church. To God be the glory. When you talk about what's been given to our general operating budget, when you talk about what's been given to the Go and Challenge, when you talk about what's been given to missions, when you talk about what's been given for, for the Five Points Church plant coming in January, our church family gave more in the month of June than any one month in the history, 143 history of our church. I just want to tell you, that surprised me. And uh, we talked about it in the office. I was with Lynn and Deborah, and I was getting some of those reports. And I looked at Lynn, and I said, boy, our strategy's working, isn't it? And Deborah says, it's kind of like just pray and wait for God to do what he does, isn't it? I said, that's pretty much it. We walk by faith because of what God's doing now. We, third, we walk by faith built around what God will do in the future. You walk by faith based on what he's done. You walk by faith in your life, in the life of our church, because of what he's doing now. We walk by faith with it built around what he will do. I read it in Hebrews 11. These people were commended for their faith because they were looking for a city. They knew that this world was not their home. There was another home. And one of the greatest days of your life of peace and joy will be when you realize personally and individually that this is not your home. And you'll stay frustrated and discouraged and depressed if you put all your hope in this place be in your home but our joy changes and our outlook changes and our spirit changes when we set our eyes on Jesus and we get our focus on heaven which is the home for believers
We walk by faith built around what God will do. Listen, the days are darker, it seems, than they've ever been in our memory. I know you've said that in your mind and in your home and in your life, and you just, you just feel like there's so much darkness. There's, there's, there's just, and you lose words to try to explain it. But the, the good news is, is that people who live by faith shine bright in the darkness. And it's an opportunity for us to walk in faith, believing that God's got something in the future. He's got a place called heaven and we shine the light in the darkness and it's a good chance to remind you that when you see that W with that bar through it you've seen them it's on the road sign that W with the bar through it it's usually gold because it represents that light has come into the darkness and we're never the same because Jesus came into our life into our world into our schedule he interrupted us in a good way now we we, we walk by faith believing what God will do even in these three services, planning a church at Five Points, what he's going to do in our community. I'm so encouraged right now by the health of other churches in our community right now. I don't know if you've noticed that, but just in the relationships that I have with other pastors, whether it's Cameron at Green Acres or Josh at Prince, if it's Matt at Briarwood, Beach Haven, sorry, I just forgot where I live. Beach Haven, just called a new pastor that I believe is going to be awesome. Jason, Britt, Bethlehem. You know Bethlehem Church, all of their campuses had more than 9,000 people gather for worship on Easter Sunday? I mean, that's, that's right here in our backyard. God is doing something in churches beyond Watkinsville. Hallelujah. I don't want to do eight services. Amen? <laughs> I, we need some other churches to solve our space problem for us, all right? And, and, and it's, it's just it's exciting to think about what God's up to and what he's doing. Now, let me just close this morning by just saying if... If we take this bold challenge of walking by faith, it, it's risky because you can't, it's risky if you need things to add up at the end of the day. Um, but if we take this bold of challenge of walking by faith, three things we've got to do. Number one, we need to watch for stumbling. Watch for stumbling. Here's what I mean. I mean that we can walk by faith and we could go into the fall or you could go into some decision that you're making by faith and see what God does and get so excited that when circumstances threaten you or you start looking at self instead of looking at the Savior, you will stumble be easy for us as a church 
to take a step of faith, to celebrate a month of giving, a lot of people gathering, and start thinking it's something we did, something we can do by ourselves, forget God, hit a little bump in the road, and stumble. I just read to you Hebrews chapter 11, Noah built an ark, got his family on the boat, the floods came, they were saved, God did a great work, Noah got off the ark, he got drunk, and he ruined his life, didn't lose his salvation, but he left an ugly mark on his story. Simon Peter saw Jesus walking on the water. He said, can I walk? Come on. Started walking. The waves came up, took his eyes off Jesus, started sinking. Elijah caused fire down from heaven on Mount Carmel. Wet wood burns up and the gods of the people are destroyed. And he had a mountaintop, a literal mountaintop experience. And you turn the page in scripture and you see him scared to death under a tree because a little lady named Jezebel had threatened his life. And he started looking at his circumstances instead of remembering his great God. We've got to watch to make sure we don't stumble. Second, if we take this bold challenge of walking by faith, Watch for lifting. Watch for lifting. Here's what I mean. One of the joys of walking by faith is to watch the impact that it has on others. It's really fun. You take a step of faith and then you begin to watch how God impacts the kingdom. When you read chapter uh, 11 here of Hebrews and it's talking about Enoch, it says, and through his faith, though he died, I'm sorry, talking about Cain, he says, and through his faith, though he died, he died. He still speaks. And Hebrews 11 is a testimony. We go, when we're looking for faith, we go to this chapter over and over and over again, and it, and it lifts us up. And Hebrews chapter 12 starts this way. It says, Therefore, since we are surrounded by so great a cloud of witnesses, let us also lay aside every weight and sin which clings so closely and let us run with endurance the race that is set before us. He's showing us that the stories of faith in Hebrews chapter 11 are meant to challenge us to run the race of our life. It lifts us in our faith. And when we make decisions as a church or you make decisions as a dad, it'll lift the faith level in your family. It'll lift the faith level in future believers. We stand on the shoulders of a lot of people who took steps of faith in the life of Watkinsville. We see the witness of other churches. My friend David pastored at Long Hollow, and we would talk, and, and their church was just going crazy in a good way. And, and David's like, I don't know what we're going to do. We're thinking about it. We're thinking about it. I don't know what we're going to do. We don't know what we're going to do. And I'd say, David, just whatever you do, make the right choice because we're just going to do what you do. Now, I don't mean that exactly, but it, it certainly was helping me see how to walk by faith. Churches lift churches. 
one dad taking a step of faith will lift another dad and one mom taking a step of faith one individual who launches out in faith will help another individual launch out in faith listen to this story y'all remember Sean Mills some of you do Sean Mills was had a little blip through here uh, Sean built this building pretty much is what we say Chip Riggs executive pastors here a year helped us do some things good Sean came, finished some things, and then in June of COVID, Sean left here as an executive pastor and went to pastor Friendship Baptist Church in Conway, Arkansas. This past week, the Arkansas Baptist paper did a story on Sean's church. He went there in June of 2020. I'll read you a couple of paragraphs. Sean spent a year here. He's pastoring there. God's doing a great work there. Listen to his interview and see if any of it sounds familiar. He says, it's just a God thing. Friendship Baptist Church, senior pastor Sean Mills said regarding the recent growth experience at the Conway Church. Mills, who answered the call to pastor at Friendship Baptist Church in June 2020, said the church has more than doubled its attendance over the past few years. They've gone from averaging a little less than 300 to roughly 700 week by week. He says, we have a mission statement that says, together we're making wholehearted followers of Jesus. We reach, connect, disciple, and send people for the glory of God. Mills said, we really chase after that mission, which is really the Great Commission. The congregation has been intentional with the mission, which Mills said, God is honored. We want to reach people. We want to disciple them. We want to help them grow in their walk with the Lord. Mills noted that their children's ministry, women's ministry, and Sunday worship services have been catalysts for the growth they've seen at the church. He said their children's ministry has tripled over the last three years, providing an avenue to reach more young families. And and it just, I'm just read through it and I'm just like, I've, I've seen this somewhere before. I've lived this somewhere before. You see, when we walk by faith, it lifts others. We need to watch that, enjoy that. And then third, we need to watch for winning. We need to watch for winning. It says here that in Hebrews 11 that it is impossible to please God without faith. Well, today I'm asking you to uh, walk by faith. Let's go into this next season, taking advantage of the opportunities that God has given us. So, Pastor, what do you want us to do? I'm I'm glad you asked, and then I'm going to let you go do it. I want to ask you to invoke the Lord. Pray. Pray for me. Pray for good health. Pray for energy. Pray for good preparation. Pray for me to be full of spirit. Pray for our staff team. Pray for our church. Pray we keep our minds on the main thing, not to get distracted by the wrong things invoke the Lord number two invite your friends you know one way to fill that seat up beside you is to invite somebody to come with you so pick a service 8 30 9 45 and 11 15 and invite somebody to come with you week after week after week and then third invest your life like go all in you know the difference, you, you know the, 
the pig and the chicken. The pig looked at the chicken and he said, you see the egg? That's involvement. The pig pointed at the bacon. He said, that's commitment. (laughs) I'm asking you to invest your life. I'm asking you to invest your life. Serve. Help us. You come in on a Sunday and nobody greets you at a door. Guess what? There's your door. Nobody helps you park. Guess what? There's your spot. Nobody was there waiting on you to drop up when you dropped off your kid. There's your spot. Invest your life. And maybe week after week, we'll keep baptizing. We'll keep reaching people. And we'll have our eyes set on heaven. Hallelujah. Let's do it. Father, help us. Help us walk by faith. That's it. Just help us walk by faith. In your name, Jesus. Amen. See people out in the lobby. You can sign up today. See you soon.